Hello, welcome to another episode of Daily Feasting on the Words of Christ. How's it going? How are you doing? I'm just, oh, big stretch. <laughs> it is an early morning for me like it usually is, but <clears throat> it has been fantastic. It's been wonderful. It has been great to wake up this early in the morning, get things done, and feel productive. Ooh. Though, I'm not going to lie. I might want to start going to bed earlier so I can get more sleep in. <laughs> but anyway, today I was in the book of Jerem and also Mark chapter 2. And so I'm going to start with Jerem, which I'm, I was so worried when I started Jerem because I'm like, is this the chapter where there's nothing in it? No, that's the book of Omni. So that's tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, there's not nothing in Omni, but like, it is a lot harder for me to pull things from Jerem and Omni, especially Omni, than most other chapters. There's probably a few other chapters and a couple other books that are probably hard to pull from as well that I'm just not remembering off the top of my head. But when it starts getting to be like, we're just doing this for genealogy and... Oh, then my name is this, and I'm the son of this, and I give it to my son or my brother. It's like, what do I get from that? Right? Like, how how does that personally apply? So, I always find that a little bit tricky, but in germ there, there I could pull something, because there, there's not any of that going on actually in the book of Jerem. It's, it's the book of Omni. So, yay, tomorrow we get to hear all about the, I am this, the son of this and I'm giving the records now to my brother or my son and it just repeats itself but with Jerem he was talking about how you know the Nephites are prospering and there are, there are some people that are stiff-necked but there's a lot of righteous people too and he talks about how the prophets are always constantly keeping the people in remembrance of keeping the commandments. He talks about how there's tons of wars going on and how they prepare themselves and how they keep prospering and how he can see um, from the fulfillment of the Lord's promise that they'll prosper as long as they keep the commandments. And so there's quite a few themes running out through this small chapter. I mean, there's like, what, 13 verses in this chapter? It's not very big. And... I kind of caught hold on the idea of constantly remembering. Because I don't know about you, but that is the trick, right? That That is the thing that we're all striving to do, is to remember, if that makes sense. You know, remembering that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and super dependable. You know, when we get in the middle of a trial... We get so caught up in the trial that we're like, oh, this will never end. God doesn't care. Like, why did this have to happen to me? And I don't know that I can trust God when he tells me this because that sounds like it's going to hurt. Right? We forget that God, what God gives us is good. It's going to be for our benefit that things always go better when we follow God. And so it's a, it's a battle of constantly remembering that God is always good and that he's there for us and he's not against us, um, you know? And it can be hard to remember that, especially when we've got Satan out there constantly going after us and saying, oh, God doesn't care. 
Because, like, if he cared, then this wouldn't have happened. Right? And so it's just... Oh, there's just... It's a battle. It's a battle to remember and we keep forgetting or we keep doubting and whatnot. And it's something we got to constantly, constantly work on. And, you know, I was talking about this with my aunt last night, actually. Like, just constantly remembering feels like when you're talking to your brain to help it remember, it feels like you're talking to a seven-year-old. Right? Now you may be thinking, I am not seven. I am much smarter than a seven-year-old. Yes, you can make decisions and comprehend more than a seven-year-old. But, honestly, if you look at it, we as human beings do respond to each other like seven-year-olds. We really do. We don't make better choices than a seven-year-old. Myself included, you know? When we want something, we want something. When we don't want to do something, we don't want to do something, you know? And maybe you're throwing a hissy fit. Because you're like, I don't want to do this. This sounds awful. You know, and you're just complaining up a storm and you're like, this person was so mean to me. I can't believe they did this to me. And all of a sudden, someone shows you a nice shiny balloon, and you're like, ooh, <laughs> right? Whatever it is, like a new topic, new TV show, new music, new something. And you're like, oh, how pretty. And like, you get distracted, and, and, um, yeah, just like a seven year old. You know, it's like, it's not any different. And we forget like a seven-year-old does. Like, we're very much, um, especially when it comes to our relationship with God and like spiritual things, because we're still learning how God interacts with us. And we can, like, there's been times in my life where I felt more like a two-year-old. Like, I don't think I made it to seven quite yet. I might have made it to three. Maybe, maybe four, two to four. I'm in that range spiritually, I feel like. Oh, um, but yeah, like, and our brain operates like a seven-year-old does, but it needs to be constantly reminded because it just forgets. It moves on to the next thing because it's, it's constantly working, guys. Those neurons, you know this. Like, it's constantly firing. It's constantly working. It's keeping your body alive. It's the greatest multitasker I've ever met in my life. Like, the brain is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And by calling it a seven-year-old, I'm not degrading it by any means. Because it, it truly is a masterpiece. But you have to talk to it and help it like you would a seven-year-old. Right? You have to... Tell the brain very specifically what you want it to do because it operates on very specific details, right? You can't just tell the brain, we need to make better choices because the brain's going to be like, okay, 
and then continue what it's doing because it doesn't know what a better choice is. You didn't tell it what a better choice is. You need to tell it, when I am getting angry at this person, let me know so that we can go to another room to calm down. Let it out some steam and then talk to that person later. And the brain's like, oh, that's what you want to do? Oh, hmm. You know, that never crossed my mind, you know? <laughs> like, wait, there was a moment where we could have stopped and been like, let me go to my room to cool down? There was a moment? There, there was time for that? Right, it's... And the brain's going to forget that, so it's going to happen again. And so you have to remind it, and you can do things to help remind you, right? But you have to constantly remind it, and then eventually it gets it. And it can be like, oh, hey, you're getting angry. Do you want to go to a room and calm down? And you can be like, yes, thank you for reminding me. Right? And so the brain, like a seven-year-old, it forgets, and it needs to be constantly reminded all the time and Jeremy was talking about how the prophets were constantly reminding the people about keeping the commandments and the consequences for not doing that and it also helped that they were having wars all the time so that was a very good physical reminder as well you know um And, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, I mean, just having reminders. Like, I have pictures of Jesus everywhere. In my room, there's pictures of Jesus all in this house. I have it on my phone screen. Um, I have declarations. I have memorized scriptures. I have things that I do to constantly... To help me constantly remember. Now it's the trick of actually doing those things. But they're there. And I have things in place to help me. Be able to remember the best that I can. And. Um, and yeah. That's just. That's just the real battle you know. Just trying to do what we can to constantly remember, letting our brains remember, hey, when we go to bed at night, we need to pray. Right? Some people use a prayer rock. Some people do all sorts of things to remind them. But it's the practice of constantly remembering because we're constantly forgetting. And it's just, it's human nature. It's how life goes. That, that's how life goes. Right? And so I'm going to pull that from the book of Jerem today. You know, just constantly remembering how good God is, the good things that are going on, um, you know, choosing good, always choosing good. And that can be hard because choosing the negative always feels easier in the moment, like it feels satisfying in the moment, but in the long run, it does you no good. And so... Like, even though it may be harder to choose the good choice, to choose the positive in the moment, in the long run, you'll feel so much better. You will. I mean, it even goes down to, like, what we're thinking. Negative thoughts are so easy to dwell on. 
but they're so unpleasant. If you can figure out how you can change your own negative thoughts into positive thoughts, the day is just so much better. Trust me. Like I had a personal experience with this at work where two days ago, I was just constantly dwelling on the negative. I was stressed. Everything was chaotic. I lost control of things and the classroom just ended up being a mess and I was stressed, you know, I was thinking on the negative and I had a really awful day and because of my choice to think and focus on the negative and I just came home crying to myself because I'm like, I gotta let it out, you know, I gotta let all this emotion out. I talked it out, deleted the video, went to bed, woke up in the morning, started playing positive music And I wrote in my journal some new ideas to start off the day in a better way. And I wrote in my journal, I choose to be positive, happy, and excited, which that's what I'm doing today too. I choose to be positive, happy, and excited, which reminds me, I need to go do my declarations before I leave today because I really need those in order to have a successful day. Declarations are my most favorite reminder ever. Um... And so, but where was I going with this? I'm so sorry that I'm so dis- I'm so distracted right now. I don't like my brain is going every which way. Um, but um, oh yeah, positive. Like if you can remember the positive, focus on the positive. Things will be so much better. So much better. And it really is just a matter of choice. And we can do things to help us remember. We can have all these sorts of things. There's And there's a ton of information on that in other books. But for me, it's good to remember that I need to remember, right? When I'm in the moment to help myself, help my brain, teach my brain, okay, let's, when this happens, let's remember to do this. You know, when I start thinking negative thoughts, I cite the scripture, do five push-ups, you know, Remind myself of my mission and my goals, you know, staying focused. Um, so, yeah, I felt like that was a bit of a ramble, but we'll take it. <laughs> and then in Mark chapter 2, switching to the New Testament real fast here. Er, um, the well, Something I noticed is that the this chapter was big on focusing on the arguments that the Pharisees shot at Jesus. Like, there were so many questions that Mark recorded in this chapter from the Pharisees. Why do your disciples not fast? Why do you sit with sinners? Why are they eating corn on the Sabbath? Why are they doing this? Why are you doing that? Like, how come you say you forgive sins? Like, it's just all these different arguments that the Pharisees and and scribes came up with, and then Mark gives the counter argument, do 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 do, right? And it's almost like this chapter was a Q and A, right? Question: How can this man say that he can forgive sins? Answer: So that you know that I can forgive sins, let me heal this man with palsy. Get up and walk, and the man walks, and everyone's like, oh. And the whole chapter is like that. Question, answer with the proof. Question, answer with the proof. Question, answer with the proof. 
the whole way down, the whole way down. And it's kind of intriguing to see how he answers them and how he deals with them, right? And I never get the sense that he's angry or annoyed. In fact, I almost wonder if he appreciates it because in that moment he gets to be like, huh, let me tell everybody else who heard that question what my answer is. Because I don't think he was answering for them. He knew that the answer he gave them, they would never believe. And he wasn't trying to convince them. Right? What he was doing was looking at everybody else following him and giving them an answer. Right? When the publicans, no, when the Pharisees and scribes are like, why do you eat with sinners? Like, these are people we've looked down on. These are people that are like almost contaminated in a way. You don't want to be seen with these people. So why are you eating with sinners? And I don't think Jesus looked at the Pharisees and scribes when he said this. He probably looked at everyone around the table. And was like, the whole need no physician, but the sick do. I'm not here to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Right? And he's, every question gives him an opportunity to declare his mission. So I don't think he minds the questions at all. I think he relishes it because he's like, I get to explain my mission a little bit more. Oh, goody. (laughs) Right? He's like, bring it on. Bring it on. He's just so confident and calm and collected that he's like... You can throw any question at me. I'm not going to, you know, lose focus. You're not going to get me off track. There is nothing you can do to make me say something wrong because I'm in control of the situation, right? And each question just gives him more power in a sense because they're allowing him to answer And it's Jesus that's answering. (laughs) Like, Jesus is awesome. Just, guys, Jesus is awesome. Especially if you have ever read Jesus the Christ by James A. Talmadge. If you haven't, I totally, totally recommend it. It is really good. It's a heavy read. It's a big book. But it's so good. Especially when they get to the chapters where it talks about Jesus answering the Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes' questions. (laughs) It goes into detail, and it's fabulous. It is fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's just, Jesus is amazing. He's got such a quick mind, and he's so focused on his mission, and he loves every question, because more often than not, it gets the Pharisees in a bind, and it just, for Jesus, he is able to explain his mission more, and, and that's great for us. Right? Because now we get to understand Jesus is here, was here for me. Jesus was here for you. Because I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I make mistakes all the time. I sin all the time. And I'm constantly trying to improve and be better. And yeah, I just. It was just, Jesus is awesome. That's all I can say. Really, that's, that's all I can say. Jesus is awesome. 
He's fantastic. And that's that's kind of what I got out of Mark chapter 2. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great thing to get out of the New Testament? Jesus is awesome. So cool. So good. But anyway, I gotta go. I know this one's a little bit on the shorter side, but there's a couple things that I want to do before I leave today, and I want to make sure that I have enough time to do it. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a fantastic day. Don't forget, please remember, please remember how much God loves you and that you are awesome because it is so true. And if you find yourself forgetting, remind yourself by listening to a podcast for me. Or maybe there's another one that you listen to that helps you remember how awesome you are and that God loves you so incredibly much. If that's the case, listen to that one. And just constantly remind yourself how much God loves you and how awesome you are. And I hope you have a fantastic day. I'll talk to you later.